So we're going to start a brand new series today that's going to take us through pretty much the end of the year. Uh, and I'm calling it The Humble King. Uh, and this sort of is our Advent series. You know, the Advent is the coming of Jesus. That's what that means. And, and um, you know, churches everywhere will be looking at the Advent at this time of year and uh, sort of the, the, the character traits and the attributes of the Advent. And I, I want us to, um, to uh, look and in, dig into that as well this, uh, this season. And, and so this will be our theme, the humble king and what that means and, and talking about who Jesus is, remembering why he came. And that's what we celebrate at Christmas. You know, really two major Christian celebrations are Christmas and Easter. And we celebrate and during Advent and Christmas, Jesus coming. And we celebrate at Easter, you know, that Jesus defeated death and rose again and that he's coming back soon. And, and then everything sort of revolves around that. So we're in this, this first one of the year. This is kind of the, the kickoff of the Christian calendar is this run up to Jesus. So that's what we're going to be talking about. I thought I wanted to start with a little story um, before I dig in completely. And it all ties in together. It's uh, how the Lord sort of deals with me at, at times. And so this past Sunday, I did not do this, sorry, there. This past Sunday, uh, after church at about two o'clock, my daughter Sarah calls me and she says, Daddy, I lost a, a ring in the parking lot and when we were on the way home here. And uh, she said, I, I felt it and heard it fall off, but we looked for like 20 minutes and we can't find it anywhere. And so I said, okay, and we talked about it. And she said, the ring was actually a, a gift that Alice and I had got her. Um, we made a one big family trip when the kids were still both at home. They were teenagers. And um, we went to England and Scotland. It was a big deal. And while we were there, we bought my daughter this ring from Scotland so she would have that. And it had fallen off. So she was sad uh, about the whole thing, couldn't find it. She's like, maybe we'll get a metal detector or whatever. And if you notice, we've been doing a lot of work out there in the parking lot, a lot of new rock. And so things can get just buried almost immediately with what's happening. So I said, well, let me go, Sarah. I've got to go back to church. Last Sunday night we had night watch. I've got to go back, and I'll look for it, and uh, we'll see what we can do. So about that evening, I came back for night watch at about 5.30, and she told me approximately where she'd parked. So I sort of had a general area, and I was looking out there for a few minutes, and another couple had come up, and, and uh, they asked me what I was doing, because obviously it looks funny walking around the parking lot. And uh, you know, I'm prepping. I don't know. And... Uh, praying that the lot would be filled, you know, looking for the ring. And I told them, so they, they, they were looking with me as well. And we were all looking. And then I had to come inside the facility and open a couple of doors and say hi to a couple of folks and do a little you know, organizing for the evening. So about 10 to 6, I went back outside. And um, it was starting to get dark already. It gets dark early now. But, but I could see, and I went over there. And I, I sort of walked to a spot, and then I just stopped, and I, I prayed. Uh, and I said, Holy Spirit, would you just show me where this ring is? So I prayed. And, and so then the Lord impressed on me, spoke to me. I don't know how, so it feels weird when you say that. However God does that with you, you know, he communicates. I just felt like he, he impressed on me, looked down right where I was standing. And I looked down and literally between my legs was that ring kind of buried under a rock. You'd have never seen it with natural eyes. It was definitely a, a, a God moment, right? And I looked down, and sure enough, I had the ring. And, uh, you know, I was, I was able to call my daughter and tell her, and so she was obviously very happy that that ring had been lost, and it meant something to her. It was gone. I was happy. Father's heart, you always want to see things restored. So what happens next is that the Lord sort of takes that moment with me, and He begins to speak to me. And 
We had just spent the last two weeks uh, in Luke chapter 15. We were in the back of it, the end of it, talking about the prodigal son. But I told you, read the whole thing because it's about lost things being found. It's about the lost sheep. It's about the lost coin and about the lost son. And um, very practically, you know, he was saying to me, this is the whole idea of the father's heart about the lost being found. When something that's lost, that's, that's, that means something is found, it, it causes a rejoicing. It, 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 it's a picture of the Father's heart. If you remember last week, I, I said how the Father's heart just loves for the lost to be found. He, it's what He's all about. It's what He's done. He's made a way for us who've gone our own way to be reconnected to the Lord and how we're supposed to remember that and be amazed by that. And, and so as he was sharing with me with, with those things, you know, and that was really, really cool to have happen, I began to think then about what we're celebrating now in this Advent season, the coming of Jesus. And, you know, I, I, I get, Chris, I love celebrating Christmas too, don't get me wrong, we do, we do Christmas, I like it, I like what it's all about, I like the songs, I like everything, the trappings, I get a kick out of it, the movies, uh, we watch a lot of those Hallmark movies, and... Uh, What's the good thing about the Hallmark movies is when you've seen them, one of them, you know the thread for all of them. And, and how are there so many good-looking people that look exactly the same? Have you ever wondered that? Like they're all exactly the same. So, uh, uh, anyway, I, I'm, I'm off track now. Um, but this season, don't get so lost in that that you miss the, this whole thing about Jesus coming and what that means and how it's the Father's heart for the lost to be found. In fact, the, the sort of the, the mission statement of Jesus is in Luke 19.10. Uh, uh, the reason Jesus came was to seek and save what was lost. He came to look and to save what was lost, just like that, that ring showing up. See, that's the heart of God. That's the heart of the Father in the process. And so as we, as we celebrate that and, and rethink about that this Advent season, don't just think about Jesus coming for us. I want you to personalize it, that He, he came for you. He came, if it, He would have come if it was just for you. And you take that in, and, and you, you mix that into this whole process, and you understand that's what we celebrate. And as we talk about the Advent season and what it means, it's that, that, that Jesus has come to seek and save that was lost, and He started with us, so now He wants to get everyone else. And so it, it makes it even more amazing. We sang the song. I asked them, obviously, to sing that song to kick this series off, Humble King. And uh, uh, it says there in the very beginning, you know, show me, God, how much you love humility. And so I'm going to start today by talking about humility, and we'll see how throughout this little series, how humility is kind of the foundation to experience this life in Christ, uh, a life of hope and a life of peace and a life of joy and a life of love. So that's what it's all about. That's the intro transition. Always a bad joker. These are very bad, but I sort of enjoy them. I have a friend that just started a business gathering sticks together and then tying them for convenient handling. He's making a bundle. <laughs> Thank you. Well, they're bad jokes. I, I work at that. I got a friend that likes pickles in his pizza crust. Such a weird dough. Weird dough. Weird dough. Yeah, that's been the stumbling point. What's the most popular Christmas wine? I don't like Brussels sprouts. Apologies to the visitors. Scripture reading here on purpose. Philippians 2, beginning in verse 1. Therefore, if you have any encouragement 
from being united with Christ, if any comfort from His love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather in humility. Value others above yourselves, not looking only to your own interests, but each also to the interests of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset or attitude as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be uh, grasped or used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. That's the Christmas story. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. That's the Easter story. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge or confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Blessed be the word of the Lord. We'll be digging in and out of that passage throughout this season of Advent. But today, the question that sort of comes to me from that is, is why did the God of the heavens and the earth decide that it would be best to present himself to humanity as humble? What was, what was going on with that? Why was it that, that he chose to, to come and, and start a revolution as a baby and not as an angry mob? Why is it that, and how is it that a hardworking carpenter is the, is the founder of a dynasty of love? How, how is it that the one who came and healed the sick and raised the dead is the very one who washes his disciples' feet? I, I say this all the time for those of you who come, that Jesus is our model for life and, and ministry. And it seems to me that, that God wanted to communicate something very clearly about the kind of role model that he intended for the human race to find. Jesus came as a humble king. And it's significant that we get a hold of that. And in his humility, he was always obedient to the Father. He only did what he saw the Father doing. And so, because of his example, we should be willing to, to put aside our selfishness and, and to uh, you know, submit in obedience to God in his word. And that's what humility helps us to do. It, it, it helps us to yield to the Holy Spirit's leading and guiding in our lives. Um, a lack of humility keeps us doing things in the same way way that we've always done them. Uh, how many of you have figured out at this point in, in your life that uh, your way of doing things is not always the best deal going? Hello. And uh, that's a lesson we learn and learn and learn and learn and learn and learn and learn. But it takes humility to sort of get a hold of that whole process. You know, I, I tell you this, I give you this illustration all the time, but I, I want it to stick with you. See, see, Jesus is the center of the story. This is His story. It's, it's what it's all about, the Bible. It's His story. It's about Him. Now, He invites us into His story, but, but we are not the center of the story. He invites us into the story. I give you this, He's the noun of the story. And we're the adjectives in the story. And so we, our lives then describe Him. 
And, and there's nothing wrong with being an adjective. In fact, it's way better to be an adjective than a noun. And it's in being adjectives that we find life. Because we're describing who Jesus is. And He's the center of the story. Every time that we get put ourselves in the center of the story, which is when we're leaning on our own understanding, we're making our own choices, we're doing things our own way, we do not experience life. It's only when we get that it's His story that we begin to experience the full and abundant life that He came for us to have. I've got this great quote for you. I put it in your notes so you could think about it this week. This is Andrew Murray. He said, Humility is the only soil in which the grace is root. The lack of humility is the sufficient explanation of every defect and failure. That's powerful. I hope you'll... You'll let that one just sort of rest on you that the lack of humility is the sufficient explanation. It explains every defect and failure. It, it's, the, it's the reality that, that we're powerless in our own strength to live the life that he's called us to in the process. And so we need to be a people of humility. We need to, to take Jesus' example and follow that. And there's some very cool practical things that happen when we choose to, to live life His way. Here's one of them. Humility reduces stress. This is a big deal. As His kids, um, do you know that we are not supposed to be stressed? In fact, He created us. We're not wired to handle stress. That's why stress causes so many issues in people's lives. That's, there's so many medical implications. I read a big study about how many things stress is doing to people. And, and unfortunately, I meet a lot of people who are dealing with stress when, when we don't and shouldn't be. Um, we take it on our lives. You know, the Scripture is clear. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. Guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. We're, we're not supposed to be stressed, and yet... I meet people all the time, stressed. It's a constant state of stress. I've got this to do. I've got that to do. There's this, there's this, there's this, there's this, there's this. And, and what we have to do is, is we have to, in, in humility, realize that we're not in control. God is. And we just got to step back a little bit. And we have to stop thinking that it all depends on me. That it's all, it's all on me to take care of all these things. That, that the world can actually turn without me if I step back a little bit. Because I've got nothing really to make that happen anyway. Uh, you know, it, it's like I don't have to watch 24-7 cable news uh, in my life and be... You know, I say that because in 2008 I made a conscious decision to turn it off. Because I realized how it was stressing me out. The constant barrage of news being made worse by people's constant opinions. And like at every commercial break, they would keep you hooked in by saying, as bad as that is, we've got someone to tell you it's worse. Hang on. And I, would just, I was just taking it all in. And one day I said, why am I doing this? I don't, I don't need it. And I, I shut it out. Now, it, I don't live in a bubble. I get headlines. I can go on the Internet and get headlines so I know how to pray for things in the world. I just don't have to be consumed by it. I'm, it's, I'm, not, I'm not in charge of it. Uh, it's, it's not, I don't have to be there for all of it. I don't have to live in that place, which is miserable. So many people choose to live there, and they don't realize how all of that stress. You get the world's broken, right? I already know that. I don't have to be constantly reminded of it. I got it. You're taking it in and you're like, we're not going to make it another second. You got Jesus, okay? It, it, it's messy down here, but you got something better. And so you, you hang on to that in the process. I, I, don't, I don't have to fix all the problems in the world. 
I've I got to just be sensitive to what the Lord is asking me to do. I want to do what the Father's doing. Here's another big one. I, he, I don't have to have an opinion on everything. Even bigger than that. I don't have to share my opinions all the time with everybody. In fact, I find that people like me a lot better if I don't. And it causes way less stress. You know, I just, uh, okay, let's, let's just love on Jesus. We can agree on that. Everything else is a sidebar anyway. But all this stress is built up on people's lives because of it. Um, here, I don't have to pretend I have it all together. That's a huge relief because I don't. The song, the Humble King talks about, you know, brokenness. You get that, that we're just a bunch of broken people that Jesus has miraculously saved and brought into life now and forever, right? We, we don't have to pretend. We just got to live. And it's way better. It's way more. more you know, takes that stress and it just sort of gets it off of us in the process. This, this, is, this is one of the best verses, I think, for me that describes humility in the Bible. And it's Proverbs 3, particularly 5, but also 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. That's humility. That's what that looks like. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make your path straight. Humility reduces stress. It's a huge thing. Second, humility improves relationships. This is a big deal, right? Because who doesn't want better relationships? Better relationship with God, better relationship with one another. Uh, you know, uh, it's, a, it's a huge deal. And humility helps us in that process. It, it helps us get along better with other people. We, we start to figure out it doesn't always have to be, what about me? How often do, are we presented with something and our very first thought is, well, well how does that impact me? And, and it shouldn't be our very first thought. In situations, uh, we, we need to care about what's happening with others. When, when you become interested in others, you become interesting to others. But if it's all you all the time, that just never happens in the process. Humility means I don't have to be right all the time. Humility allows me to say things like, I was wrong. Or, I'm sorry. And it allows me to say those things without the big but. You know what I'm talking about, right? The big but. Why is that big but got to jump onto every I'm sorry and I'm wrong that there is? I'm, I was so, oh, yeah, I was wrong, but. I'm, I'm sorry, but. And, and, you know, I've been saying that for years. And then it's, so then you, you try and get a little smarter than that. Well, I can't say but. So uh, I was wrong. However, however is just a fancy butt. But in humility, there doesn't need to be there. See, if you say but, you know what it does? It negates what you said. It means that you weren't sorry or you weren't wrong. It just takes it out. I get it. It's a process. I'm far from perfect at that. But, but we need to be pressing in there. Humility is, yeah, okay, I was wrong. I'm, bro, I'm a mess sometimes. Sometimes I get it completely wrong. Sometimes I'm a selfish mess. It's all about me. Lord, would you catch me in that? Because that's not how I want to live. But, you know, depending on how much I slept or whatever else is going on, that could be that way. So humility really makes a big difference in our relationships. It also, another big thing it allows us to do is to say, hey, you know what, I need help. That's a big deal. 
Because we don't always live that way. We get so caught up in having to do it all on our own that we miss opportunity for relationship by, by not saying sometimes, I need help. Paul says in those verses, Philippians 2, 3 and 4, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. It's okay to be in this process and be people at work and be people the Holy Spirit is working on. Oswald Chambers said this, Beware of posing as a profound person. God became a baby. I like thinking about that. Sometimes we think we've got to have it all together when we just need to live in Him and, and be people that the Holy Spirit is leading and guiding in the process. Third, humility allows us to be graceful. And when I say graceful like that, I mean full of grace, not, you know, graceful like I'm going to give you a little dance because uh, it wouldn't be graceful. It would be the opposite. Graceful, full of grace. You know, we spent last week talking about the amazing grace of God. And like, this was important. I hope you get this, that what's supposed to happen is as we realize we need his grace, his amazing grace. Every, we need it constantly. That that that. It doesn't stop with us. It, it, that realization then allows God's amazing grace to flow through us and, and to exhibit that very, His very grace to the people around us. And that's where we experience this life, it being graceful, full of grace for people, not being so quick to judge and be critical and all that other mess that we so often jump into. But it allows us to be graceful. This is a great verse, James 4, 6. Listen to what James said. But He gives us more grace, which is great because that's a constant need. I just said that, right? More grace, 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 grace. That is why Scripture says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace or shows favor to the humble. Now, if you skip over that, you might miss something important there. This one catches me a lot. God opposes the proud. That means that when I'm acting in pride, not in humility, I am in direct opposition with the God, the creator of everything. And that's not a, not a good place to be. You, you think about it, if you're thinking about it, you wouldn't choose that, right? But when we get stuck in our pride, that's what we're doing to ourselves. But humility opens the door for grace upon grace upon grace. It's the soil in which the graces take root. It's where we need to live this life and, and and so we need to be aware of that because people need to connect with our humble king and and so this advent season take that in what's process next week we're gonna we're gonna talk about the humble king of hope and we'll see how humility ties into hope and what that looks like but we'll end it there for today ministry team those of you here want you head over the wall people on the way over uh, to that wall are here to pray for you if you need prayer for anything They'll make sure that you get it, but uh, let me pray for your group as a group, and then we can have breakfast and dismiss. Papa, thank you for your amazing love for us. You're such an awesome God. And I pray that as we yield to your Spirit, that you would lead and guide us to experience life the way you came for us, full and abundant life. And that not only would we be changed, God, but that this process would impact the world around us for you, that you would bring renewal, revival, and breakthrough to this area, that hundreds and thousands of people 
We come to know you as our Lord and Savior. We pray for every church in this area, God, where your word is preached. We ask that you would bless them abundantly with everything they need to fulfill the mission you've given them. We ask for your continued abundant blessing on us, God, to fulfill the mission you've given us of one more. Just one more lost child back to you, Dad. Just one more. Thank you so much for including us in your story here in this time and place. You're such an awesome, awesome God. If, if you need prayer for anything, the folks over there pray for you. Healing, relationships, problems, finances, situations, whatever. As, you know, as I was speaking, I just felt like there were, there were some here today who um, are stressed. And it's, a, it's sort of a constant stress. And that, that God wants to free you from that. He just wants you to know that you can trust Him. He'll take it from you. And then that He's good. And that He's got you. And, and so, if, if that's been a constant battle, let someone pray for you today. Just for some freedom from that. And there's, there's others here today who, who you just need to, to know that, that there's a peace that comes from, from settling in Him. You, and, and, and so if, if that idea of being stressed wasn't it. It's just this lack of peace that you're experiencing. That God wants to give you peace in your life. We also felt like there was, there was someone here today and we were singing and talking about uh, Jesus. And, and I, you know, I, I said that, you know, this, this carpenters uh, made this difference, this dynasty of love. And that someone here, your, your, your dad was a, a carpenter. And that the Lord wanted you to know that, that you are truly the carpenter's daughter. Jesus, the carpenter. And that that will make a difference to you. And, and maybe if that's you, maybe you need some prayer just in that whole process to, to know this amazing love for you. So if you need prayer for any of those things, let someone pray for you. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, let's take care of that today too. It's a, it's a humility thing and a faith thing. In humility, it's just admitting to God you're broken like all the rest of us. You've sinned. Asking God to forgive you what you do. And then in faith, inviting and accepting Jesus into your heart and life as Lord and Savior. If you have never done that, do it today. It is absolutely the best decision you will ever make in your life. It's a prayer you can pray. You can go over there and ask someone and just say, Hey, I want to know Jesus. And they'll help you with that prayer. So if you need prayer for any of those things, make sure that you get them. If you're going to stay in at breakfast, Lord, thank you for the food you provided. Bless that. Everybody that makes it possible. Draw people in for the 11 o'clock service, God. You are an awesome, awesome God. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Amen. May the Lord bless and keep you. May His face shine upon you. May He be gracious to you and give you peace. And go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you for being here. We'll see you soon. Remember, we thank for five things. Encourage two people so we can get one lost child back to dad. Prayer is there. Breakfast is in the back. As you go, be kind to one another in the parking lot. Have a great day. Catch some fish. Hope your team wins. See you later. Bye.
Thanks for watching this broadcast from Keys Vineyard Community Church in Big Pine Key, Florida. Be sure to like us on Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel. For more information, log on to keysvineyard.com. We'll see you next time.